On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, ready to take the reins, the COVID-19 pandemic delayed the debut of Medicine Hat Mavericks coach and former player Nolan Ratai. Welcome to episode 99 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. With the loss of the Western Canadian Baseball League season in 2020, we've been left with a few what-if questions. Would the Okotoks Dogs have repeated as champions? How would the Edmonton Prospects have done in their final season at Remax Field? Could the Lethbridge Bulls replicate the success they've been having in their ongoing season simulation? And could the Fort McMurray Giants and Brooks Bombers finally break through their playoff droughts? In Medicine Hat, the Mavericks were getting ready for a season with a new face as bench boss. It's an old face, though, in former Maverick and WCBL All-Star Nolan Ratai. After his final season in the red and white, GM Greg Morrison named him his assistant. Then in November, the Vauxhall Academy product added head coach to his business card, and the whirlwind has continued since as he tried to plan for the season and then had to take the foot off the gas with the pandemic. But just like he did on the field, he's taken it all in stride. We thought we'd catch up with the 23-year-old to talk about his progression from player to front office and now to coach, and what it's like to keep his baseball career going in his hometown. Nolan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's start off with the big news over the last, I don't know, six, eight months or so, not only getting promoted to assistant general manager with the Medicine Hat Mavericks, but also uh, being named head coach as well. What did it mean to you to move from player to now coach and someone kind of in charge behind the scenes as well? Yeah, it's a huge honor. Um, I'm so happy that I can stay a part of the game and stay a part of this community in Medicine Hat. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a huge honor for me. How long have you been thinking about taking that route to keeping going with uh, with the game? Um, I, th- I think it's always been in the back of my mind. I I coached a high school aged team my the summer after my sophomore year of college, so I really enjoyed that experience. So it's it's been in the back of my head. I think most of my college career. Walk us through that process and what it was like, you know, going to somebody that you've known for so long in Greg Morrison and saying, hey, can I can I have this job and, and going through that process? What was it like? Um, so actually, he he approached me before I even got the chance, actually. So he he approached me first. Um, I kind of always wanted to focus on being a player before I was ever going to approach him and he, he got to me first, actually. So on my side, it was a huge honor, and I was, I was very pleased. Was there any skepticism, I suppose, on your part to, to take on a role like this, not that far removed from the college game itself and being one of the players on the field? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say skepticism. I, I'd say uh, uh, I was getting very nervous, but um, with anything you take lots of pride in, you're, you're going to get nerves, right? So... Um, I was nervous, but I was definitely excited for the. It was going to be challenging, and 
um, the kind of guy who likes challenges, and I was looking forward to it. And obviously, you don't get to actually go out on the field and do that kind of coaching this summer, at least with the WCBL team. But it does give you a bit of an opportunity to maybe uh, get to know the the behind the scenes process a little bit more. What are you looking forward to over the course of the next year or so in trying to uh, put together a team that's ready to fight for a title in 2021? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now, just learning as much as I can from Greg. He's he's been through it all. He's he's coached. He's managed. Uh, he's ran the team for ten years now. So, um, just trying to kind of go under his wing and soak as much as I can. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. You've been the player who was recruited, or that who was maybe helping Morrison and company try to recruit players. What's that recruitment process like in trying to convince, especially American-born players, to come up to Canada for a summer? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's challenging sometimes just to um, get a hold of players to kind of get the players even willing to talk to you, um, but. Once you kind of get them on the phone and and you talk to them and you kind of we have a lot to offer down here in Canada and it's a it's a very competitive league and and once they do their research and that kind of thing that it seems to kind of become a, a lot easier than one would think but um, definitely it's just a, a numbers game I'd say you gotta you gotta make the phone calls you gotta reach out as much as you can. Um, I, I luckily have Greg, who has a ton of contacts and, and a lot of solid contacts. Um, so I was fortunate in that way. But at the end of the day, it's just you got you to gotta make the phone calls, send emails, and, and just kind of get busy with it. Do you have a style of team that you're hoping to put together? Do you have a, a style that you're looking to have maybe as a coach, a style of player that – uh, you kind of want to to bring to the table anything different from maybe what you were a part of with the Mavericks as a player. Um, for for me, I think uh, the biggest thing is uh, guys who are kind of play to win. So when it comes to pitchers, I want guys who are going to fill up the zone and go after guys and, and not worry about strikeouts or um, that kind of thing. They want to they want to get out they want to pitch a contact they're going to trust their defense um and then when it when it comes to hitters just like any any other coach would i obviously am going to look for guys who can place all defense and and swing the bat very well one of the things that i learned as as a manager not necessarily in the baseball realm but in in the professional life is that i can teach skill i can't teach attitude and i'd rather have somebody who's got 80% skill and 100% attitude versus somebody who's got 80% attitude and 100% skill is that something that you want to bring to the table is kind of that meat and potatoes player as well that's willing to go all out for for a summer yeah for sure and that's um that's been kind of engraved in the the Mavericks philosophy uh, through Greg is he's he's not willing to take guys who uh, aren't going to commit to the end of playoffs and who aren't going to throw both feet into this. So um, that was already set in wave and and I, I was happy about that and it's really something I can get behind and and when I talk to a player I, and I tell him like this isn't just you know some joke summer ball league like we're playing to win we're playing to give you a good memorable experience of you know working for championship and all that kind of thing so it's uh it's 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 a thing i can definitely get behind 
How much are you looking at the local scene and saying, listen, there's a lot of ball players in southeastern Alberta that might be ready to uh, crack this lineup as well? Um, yeah, we're we're always um, obviously kind of looking for people around here, and and just it's fun when you when you have local guys and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes it's it's also hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, to be a local guy, you really gotta perform. Um, so uh, this year, it, it wasn't looking like we we're gonna have um, really any from Medicine Hat, but um, due to a couple guys getting hurt and, and that kind of thing. But hopefully, this next coming year, that's one more year for guys in college to develop, and maybe we can get a couple uh, hometown boys who can really. Um, make a difference with the Mavericks. And you were, of course, one of the the local boys who managed to do good over the course of not just a a career, but also with the Mavericks themselves. I mean, give us a a sense as maybe to some of your favorite memories from your time in Med Hat as a player. Yeah. um, I mean, I had a a ton. Every home game's amazing in in Med Hat, especially being a hometown kid the, the fans are amazing the atmosphere down at athletic parks wicked and my my number one is definitely the 2008 championship that uh that game five um that, that was an unreal experience they had all the fans on the field after the game we were we were singing oh canada even the american players on the mavericks were singing oh canada and it was it was something i'll never forget is that a bit of a, a challenge from a local kid's perspective is, is having to step out onto, you know, your home turf and try to prove yourself. Do you feel a little bit more of the pressure that way? Um, I'd, I'd say yes. My, my very first year, I, I definitely, my first half of, of my, uh, after my freshman year, I, I struggled a lot and I was definitely nervous and was struggling that way. But I eventually got through it and just confidence is a big thing. Started believing myself and then just started kind of playing the way I could. And, um, but yeah, at, at the start as a hometown kid, there's, there's definitely lots of, lots of pressure, I guess, if you put it on yourself. So, um, it was something I did and it's something if I had to coach a player, I could now kind of, um, shed that light for them and, and tell them like, just go, just go play. Don't worry about who's in the stands. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They're, they're your friends and they're your family. They're going to love you either way. So just go have fun and, and do what you do. Did you spend a lot of time at Athletic Park growing up? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about those experiences and some of your favorite memories as being, you know, not necessarily the player, but obviously the the kid who's trying to maybe dream big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was at Mavericks games all the time and um, I was one of the kids who'd be running around trying to get the foul ball and uh, they would always offer to um, give you candy or money for the balls. I, I always kept them and I'd get them signed by the players and uh, I always just looked up to the guys and when I was young they they were amazing and always signed the ball and you know would give you a pat on the head and so it was, it was guys I really looked up to and um, and that's why especially Greg, he knows the same thing that we always stress to players, like make sure you're good to those kids and you sign their balls and um, just, you know, give them a smile. And, and it's something that those kids can look up to and look forward to. And 
um, yeah, it was for me. It was a it was an awesome experience, and I definitely it was somewhere I was trying to get to as a little ten year old. Did you have any favorite players from those Mavs teams of yesteryear? I wouldn't say I had really um, any like one that really stood out. Um, when I was when I was young, I played a ton of positions, so I kind of liked a lot of the players because they kind of played the positions I played, but. Mm. Um, I, I can't say I could pick up one, but I, I just remember it's all I wanted to do in the summer was go to the Mavericks games. Take us back to when you were that kid and what got you into baseball in the first place? Because it is obviously the sport in in Alberta that maybe gets the, the third string position behind hockey and football. So what, what made you gravitate towards the baseball game? Um, well, my, it was definitely my dad who, you know, initially... He put me in it. He kind of put me in a ton of different sports, but baseball definitely uh, grabbed my heart early. And um, I, I don't know if I can really remember what it was. I think it's something I had uh, success in early, and something I kind of liked so much that I was doing it 24/7 in the summer. So um, yeah, it was just my dad put me in it, and from day one, I just fell in love. Did you have any players that you kind of molded your game after from a professional standpoint, or did you kind of just play to whatever was your strength? Um, yeah, I, I can't say I ever uh, molded my entire play to a, a pro guy. Um, when we're playing wiffle ball and stuff, I always obviously would like copy batting stances and stuff. And But I was, I was just trying to be as just listen to the coaches I had um, and just the way they taught. And I, I, from a young age, I kind of, I was so passionate about it. I wanted to learn. So whatever coach I had and whatever he's telling me, I just go work on it that night. And um, so it was kind of, I guess, molded from my coaches, whether, whether they were trying to mold me through players in the pros, I'm not sure, but any coaches that you think uh, were integral in, in your development as a player? Um, I think there was a ton. Um, my, my dad from a, from a young age, he was huge. He would, before I was even old enough to be in leagues, he was out in the park playing with, playing with catch with me, throwing me balls a hit, stuff like that. Um, um, if you've heard of the McDonnell's in town, Rob McDonnell, mm-hmm. when I was, Around nine to, to 13, he was huge, really t- taught me the right way to play the game and really how to help a team win. And he was, he was just helped me really be a sound player. And then uh, I went to Vauxhall, so obviously um, Les, Jim Kokus, um, those coaches at uh, Vauxhall were huge and not only teach me the right way to play the game, but teach me how to be a, a good person and, and work hard and, and those skills. Um, and then I had also amazing coaches at, in college too. So I, I think I was just lucky. Um, and I just had a amazing, amazing coaches, Joel Blake at Vauxhall. Um, the, the Vauxhall was probably one of the biggest, definitely, it's hard to it's hard to pick one because I was fortunate enough to have so many. Um, but yeah, 
I suppose when you look at your own coaching style, you're, you're hoping to maybe take the best of all the different pieces that you've had along the way and, and create your own kind of footprint, I suppose, on, on the Mavericks organization. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I believe every player is different. And um, that's the cool part is you really need to find a way to help each and every player. And it's, it's a challenge and it's it's something that's really, really intriguing to me. What excites you the most about this opportunity that's now in front of you with the Mavericks? Um, I think just the the experience. It's something I've I've never got to do, and um, it, I think it's it's something I'm gonna love. And um, just to to get my feet wet and to really use this first year to really learn and um, really you know try and go out and win a championship on the on the other side from the coaching side of things and um it'll be a lot different whereas it's i can't i have to now teach right i can't just go try and do so um just also the ability to just be able to still go out and fight for a championship it's it's something i've always loved that competitiveness and um i'm very grateful to have the opportunity to still do that at a high level final question for you nolan what does the game of baseball mean to you Oh, I don't even know if that's something I can put in words. It to me, it's been my whole life. It, it kind of means everything. It, uh, it, the great thing is not only amazing thing to play and and you know teaches. It also teaches people like life skills, so many life skills, hard work, uh, how to how to handle failure. There's so much failure in, in when you, throughout your life, and baseball is probably the biggest sport that's going to teach you how to fail. One of the only sports where you can be successful and, and fail the majority of the time, and and just that is it, what it's helped me grow as a human being, as well as giving me the the best memories of my life that I'll I'll remember forever. It's it's just everything to me. Nolan, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. And again, congratulations on the new gig with Mavericks. Thank you very much. And it's an honor to join your podcast. Thank you. Thanks to Nolan Ratai for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We'd also like to thank all of our sponsors for everything they do. The Okotoks Dogs, Dogs Academy, the Western Canadian Baseball League, and the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball. We couldn't do what we do without all of you. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.